Are you a rebel seeking transformation in your recovery journey? Then 366 fucking days sober is the book for you. 366 daily meditations. This book by the SoberPod Recovery Podcast host and professional rebel, Carl, will help guide you towards a new way of thinking and living. Each daily meditation offers a fresh perspective, practical advice, and a healthy dose of Carl's irreverent humor to help you stay sober and embrace the challenges of life without drinking, drugging, or shitting your pants. Whether you're just starting your recovery journey or looking for a daily dose of encouragement and laughs, 366 fucking days sober is the book for you. So, if you're ready to transform your life and become the rebel you were meant to be, get your copy of 366 fucking days sober today. Available today on Amazon.com. Leap me. <laughs> I am Carl. I am an addict alcoholic. My sobriety is August 22nd, 2014. I'm Chelsea. I'm an alcoholic, and my sobriety date is February 19th, 2015. This is SoberPod. SoberPod.com. 366 fucking days sober. Yeah. Sober Pod, keep it authentic, no facades. If it's real, then you know it's ours. Welcome. Leave me, my friend. Sober Pod is a podcast <laughs> dedicated to the idea that one addict or alcoholic helping another is crucial to building a life in recovery. Join us on this season as we read from our book, 366 Fucking Days Sober. And as always, stay active, stay sober. What's up? ex-party person Chelsea how you doing I'm you know I'm here I've got I've got the bed head going on oh wow yeah yeah, yeah we do have the camera nice. working this time so when you go to the membership <laughs> section because I they changed it how it records so we just did an audio one the last time and I was like dang it mm -hmm. and then uh, I think it was your birthday episode right where we just did audio that really sucks uh, but this is set to video so welcome Welcome to all of you viewing Chelsea's bedhead. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so how you been? What what have you been doing? Uh, not a whole lot. Been I haven't been feeling super great this week. I've been oh. under the weather. So is it that pregnancy thing? I don't know. Maybe just sucking the life out of me. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. A little You're parasite. To, it's all the all the energy coming that they take away from you. That's for sure. You know, you just suck it right out of you. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, you get, you're building a whole nother little life in you, you know? It's I like, know. That life force is generating and it's like, it's got to come from somewhere, man. Know. You know? I know. I, I saw this like Instagram reel and it was like, oh man, just built a kidney. Better take a nap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this like pregnant mom <laughs> <laughs> just finished making a kidney. <laughs> it's like you're pushing buttons. Zoom, zoom. Another kidney. Zoom. But how are About, you, Carl? Uh, you know, I we should probably save these questions for the reflections because the reflection question is for 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 this episode. So, by the way, we're, if you if you're late to the game, we're doing this on March first, but we're actually doing the reading for February 29th. Um, because, uh, because we'll never read February 29th for like the next 
three and a half years or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll never have a potential for it. So we're just going to read that one. But um, the, the reflection questions for that was, what has changed for you in the last few weeks? And boy, man, I wish I could say a lot, but um, uh, but it, that's nothing has really changed. I'm still unemployed, still looking for work. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm at that stage of unemployment where it's like, should I even put on clothes? Uh, should I even get out of bed? Do I want to get out of bed? Um, you know, it's like, and then what day is it? Right. You know, you know, we're, we're again, uh, it's like a damn Morrissey song. Like every day is like Sunday. It literally just does not like, I'm like, I, I wouldn't know if it was a weekday. I mean, unless my kids and wife, you know, like it, they're not here on, uh, on the weekdays. That's the only reason I know it's a weekday. Right. Cause they're not mm. here. So that's how I know it's a weekend. I don't really know what day it is. <laughs> so yeah, pretty sad actually. It, it is getting to me a little bit. I got I got to be honest. Like uh, yesterday, I cried. Like I was crying at my uh, desk. I was just like, I can't. I just like, I need a job, you know. And uh, um, it's so weird. Like you know, you know, they talk about how dogs like have feelings. Like they can sense your feelings and stuff. Yeah. My my two uh, female dogs. They were. Uh, over by the back door and when i started crying they got up i could hear them get up and they couldn't hear me i wasn't actually crying to where i like or anything but they uh they but i started to tear up and i got really emotional and i could hear them start coming as soon as i got emotional and then they both came over and like were like trying to console me and it was just hmm. like i know and i was just like oh my little love dogs they love me you know they know i'm hurting you know uh, but yeah, that's that's like how bad I got. Like I got to a point where I just like was like, "Fuck," you know. I just want to not. Yeah. Uh, I just you know want to make a living. You know what I mean? You know, be productive member of society like they teach us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you, you get sober and then they take that away. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, I uh, yeah, that's that's where I've been. I, and I and and thank God for. the being in program, being sober and doing those types of things. And, and again, being of sound mind and body that way, I know that like I have the power to change that stuff. And that's really what it's been like. Like kind of remind myself like, Hey, I can, I can focus my attention and do something positive versus, you know, start binging Netflix or I, I mean, God forbid, you know, pick up a drink, smoke dope, do whatever. Cause right. how easy that would be. Right. You know, they don't talk talk about not knowing what day it was. Hey, like, I definitely <laughs> wouldn't know what day it was then. I wouldn't care. Then, you know. Well, what so, does it say about me that I'm employed and I don't often know what day it is? Because I feel like that's a nurse problem. No, that's definitely especially a, a night shift yeah, nurse I was problem. Say, <laughs> it's definitely a night shift nurse problem. Like you don't even know if it's day <laughs> or night at at some point. Like when you, you wake up, you must get confused. You be like, is it evening or morning? I don't even know. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna read February twenty ninth today. Um, and then I, before we get started, I do want again, I want to thank uh, Paul Churchill from Recovery Elevator. You know, uh, I did an interview. So that is like, so if you're new and you're coming on uh, and you're listening to us for the first time for a long form episode, just know that we do this for about, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. Uh, Chelsea and I read this book and then we uh, and then we talk about the reading, you know, like you would, except it's just two people. Again, I'm a 52 year old man who has 
you know, seen some shit. <laughs> Chelsea is a 30-year-old woman who is going to be seeing some shit. Uh, you know, so, uh, and again, we both have about nine uh, years of recovery. Uh, uh, and um, and there you go. Like, we've been doing this podcast for a little while. So, uh, so this format we've been doing, I don't know, geez, like almost four years now or something like that. So, yeah. uh, so like, subscribe, tell your friends, call your congressman, do whatever you got to do. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is what we do. And if you don't like it, uh, don't like, don't subscribe. And, and, you know, I don't know, go call your mother, whatever you got to do there too. Um, <laughs> so Chelsea, do you, do you have anybody, um, you, you want to, you want to thank and you want to connect with anything? Oh man. Um, I just want to thank V for, um, hosting the SOS meeting, the solutions on Saturday meeting, uh, on zoom. It's been, uh, I, I keep telling her like when I have a Saturday off that I'll, I'll show up and I've got like one Saturday off in March. So <laughs> I'm planning on it then, yeah. but um, but yeah, it's a great meeting and I highly encourage people to attend. The meeting information can be found on our website at uh, soberpod.com. And then also we, uh, we also join a WhatsApp group too. So uh, V is very active on our WhatsApp as well. So, uh, so she's got a lot of meeting reminders going on there, which is super cool. So gives you a reminder that, and then again, I think there's other meetings that she's sharing. So that's awesome. But by all means, um, thank you V. All right, Chelsea, are you ready? Are you pumped? You want the healing to begin? I'm fucking pumped. <laughs> Let the healing begin. <laughs> All right. Okay, you want to read? Sure, I will. Okay. I will read. February 29th. Change is the only constant thing, as they say. Everything is in a state of change from the seasons to the passage of time. It may not seem like it some days when you want something to happen, but the fact is change is happening all around you. Right now, the sun is in a position it has never been. You are the oldest you have ever been. It's one or two degrees warmer than it was yesterday. Something to remember as you go about your day today. Pay attention to the change and the beauty in change. Know that even though your perception is that some things do not change, they change a great deal daily. Reflections. What has changed for you in the last few weeks? Daily challenge. Make a note of something in your environment. Think about how it got there. Who might have made it? How long has it been there? What might that object be in 20 years? mindfulness yeah yeah exactly mindfulness that's that's exactly where it comes from uh that is uh that idea of uh make note of something in your environment um think about how it got there uh whom who might have made it and how long has it been there where might it be in the next 20 years that actually comes from uh headspace so if uh if you're a headspace user there is a a meditation on there that I used to do all the time and I did it, uh, geez, I don't even know how long ago. Um, uh, yeah, I started doing it maybe like seven years ago and it's a walking meditation. It's a specific one. This is, this is one woman who, um, she, uh, as you go along, it's a walking meditation. So she, so as you're walking, you're supposed to look up ahead and there's a couple other things with it too. Um, which is like, so you listen for sounds, you know, you have, uh, textures that you touch, 
Um, and then you think about that one object and it really, um, as you walk along and a lot of the times it, for me, it would be like a tree. It would be like maybe a pole that somebody planted for, you know, whatever, like a fire hydrant or whatever it is. And, um, and I really enjoyed doing that stuff. It really kind of brings you into your environment, makes you realize like your position and your space in the world. Um, something I really enjoy doing that mindfulness of that stuff. You know, when they talk about in, um, you know, our recovery a lot, everybody says, Oh, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Step 11, you know, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, et cetera. You know, we talk, they talk about meditation a lot, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about it a lot. You know what I mean? The program talks yeah. about it, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. Uh, in AA Big Book, it actually teaches you how to meditate, you know, kind of certain pages there. They actually have a way in which you should meditate, a way in which you should pray and meditate. Uh, but I really like the ideas of, of, you know, paying attention to those things and like how those things got there, how long they've been there and when they're going to leave. Cause it also just reminds me of like, boy, like most of the stuff that like we really in our environments, our homes, our cars, doesn't matter. Like, dude, it's all going to go away. It does not like, you know what I mean? Like at some point nature is going to consume it back at some point. Like it will not be there. I don't care if it's 200 years from now, 400 years, it will disappear you know um and it, it just it kind of reminds me to be really in the moment to be really here now and to try and live again what we talk about in our just for today life you know wow like everything is very fleeting change is inevitable uh, and then the other thing this uh reading reminds me of is that uh like the power of change in recovery uh when people talk about um you know, the only thing I had to change was everything. You know, that kind of statement. That's what it really reminds me of, too. It's like, and that we can't have so much attachment to the things about who we are, who we think we are, uh, even to our the stuff in our environment. We can't have attachment because, you know, I, there could be a fire tomorrow, you know, and, and I still got to get up the next day and <laughs> sift through the ashes, you know, whatever it is that I got to do, but I can't be too attached that it drives me into a state of like depression or hopelessness or, you know, if I lose something, you know, uh, will it impact me? Will it, will it affect me in a way in which I can't live here right now? You know, so I got to mm -hmm. really work on that stuff. What do you think when you, when you, about this reading? I I mean, I totally agree with the only constant in life is change, right? Um, I, uh, I, I like the idea of mindfulness and it's so easy to get caught up in your day-to-day -to, -day to not realize like how much things change and, and how quickly life moves and can pass you by if you're not appreciating the things that you should. Um, you know, I, in my city, like there, there's constant change and I'm sure there is everywhere, but like, I just had, like, I am looking at all these, like, there's like a million apartment structures going up. Right. And a part of me is sad because I'm like, man, like that used to be a beautiful like library or that used to be like a, a piece of my childhood. 
that's mm. now just fucking another apartment complex yeah. and it's sad like it's it's um disheartening but like you said like we can't hold on to those things because they're not going to it, it's not going to last forever it's not like like literally everything in the city has changed mm. um and that's I guess what I'm trying to get at is um, whether it's like your immediate environment, like your home, your city, or like your career, your um, my job. Family, oh my like, god, I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> <laughs> Everyth- everything is changing, um, and I have to I have to remind myself of that too. Like as a nurse, like a lot of my identity can be wrapped in the title of being a nurse. Mm-hmm. But I have to remember that like I am not just my profession, right? I am much more than a nurse. I am mm-hmm. a daughter, I am a a wife, you know, a dog mom, soon soon to be human mom. <laughs> um but like my a lot of my uh I don't know, my personality, my persona can be wrapped up in my profession. But that could easily be taken away. I could they could be like, "Nope, we don't want you to have a license anymore." Nope. You're gonna, you're not gonna work for us anymore, right? Yeah, you know, and I, and and unfortunately, like shit like that happens. You know, Mm -hmm. usually not just randomly. There has to be good reason, but but like everything like that is temporary. It's you know you have to um, maintain it to some degree, and um. It's not like I can take my my uh, nursing license or my degree with me when I die, right? Like bury me with my with my license. Like <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. silly, you know. Um, but then I also like, uh, and maybe like you know something about this because when I, I don't know shit, Chelsea. Have you figured that out? Yeah. Yet? <laughs> You know lots of things, Carl. You know words that I don't know, okay? No words. I know all the best words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but okay, so let me let me just back up. So when I was when I was like twelve, my parents they lost everything. They were getting divorced, but then their home was foreclosed. Um, you know, basically had to start from the ground up. And with that, a lot of my personal possessions were taken away Mm -hmm. or lost or, you know, couldn't come with me. And so part of me, I think, had to adapt and just learn that, you know, you take a few things that mean a lot to you, but the rest doesn't fucking matter. Like, it really does not matter. Like, you know, and I still have like those like a few, like a handful of things that mean a lot to me, like jewelry that was passed down from my grandmother, things like that. But the rest, like my, my yearbooks, like are gone, you know, like a lot of like, a lot of my childhood just went away. And so part of me, like when I see people really struggle with like their possessions and like getting rid of things, like I don't have a problem with that. (laughs) And, and I, I feel like I thought it would be the opposite for me, right? I would want to just like hoard and hoard things, but I don't. Because of like having I, to 
having lost those things in the past, the, you would you would think that it would be like, like oh, like I really want to hold on to these things in the future, but it's really not like that. You realize how easy it is to, because because once you go through that pain, you realize like oh, that was nothing, right? Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, that's the idea of it. Uh, same thing for me when I was a kid. I got all my toys busted and broken up, and uh, out of resentment, basically, as a as a five year old kid, six year old kid, uh, I didn't. Uh, I was like, I'll never have a toy again, right? Because, like, because fuck you. That's why. Because so basically, I I was toyless. You know, I I didn't care to really have toys necessarily or items. So I I. You know, pretty stark existence compared to all my friends. You know, all my friends they had stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I remember I had a kid come over to uh, to stay the night, and he was like, he was like, so this is what you do. And basically, all I did was like draw and listen to the radio. And uh, he's like, so this is it. And I'm like, this is all I got. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. well, I'm gonna go home. <laughs> I'm oh. like, all right, see you later. You know. So yeah, it's um, yeah, it's really weird how that works. You know, you would think that you would want to hold on to things more but you don't because you realize that it that those things can be taken very easily so your attachment to those things becomes even less it's almost a defense mechanism right yeah so yeah yeah which i i totally identify with that's one of the things that i would do too so um so then how do you um but then uh, when you when i look at change today i really look at like the more positive side of it versus that when I was growing up, like one of the things that I really, you know, resigned myself to was being a drinker. Like, you know, that, that attitude, that lifestyle, that, that thing, I, it's funny, like what we hold on to and what we can let go. You talk about letting go of the material items, but, but we can't let go of who we are, right? We can't accept the change of our, even ourselves sometimes. So mm-hmm. like for me, holding on to like who I am, what I think, what I do, etc. Like again, the drinking, the drugging, the attitudes, the behaviors, like all these things that like I'm afraid to let go because boy, like, you know what I mean? Like t- again, the only thing I had to change was everything, you know? And so um that was way harder than the physical things. That's way harder than I don't know why for me, maybe the same for you, but like it was so hard for me to like consider changing my mind about a certain thing, you know? Uh, so whether that be uh, going into the program, uh, one, am I an alcoholic addict? Right. Two, uh, spiritual beliefs. Oh my gosh. You know, it's like, you know, uh, three, like who I associate with, how I associate. I mean, just, you name it, any number of things along those lines. And it's like, but what we don't realize is that throughout our whole lives, that the bigger picture is, is that we do change Every day we change a little bit every day, right? And then we don't really understand, like, even to get into those habits, we change a little bit every day in order to acquire those, how we are and who we are and what we think. So we just don't realize it like we can do the reverse sometimes. Um, so what about you in terms of, like, you know, the only thing you had to change was everything. Like, how how hard or difficult was it to change, like, again, the attitude of just not drinking or changing like your playmates and play things or, um, you know, again, get, get, getting up before noon. <laughs> like, well, how, what about that? Did you have a hard time adjusting along those lines or making changes along that 
happening? Well, I think so because when I initially stopped, I I was not like, okay, this is it for me. This is I'm done. This is I was like, okay, mm, so I'm taking a break. You know, I'll go like a month, right? I'll go a month, I'll lose some weight, and then I can go back to drinking. Like I wasn't completely sold on the idea of stopping for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until I realized it was really fucking hard to stop and stay stopped that I, I started contemplating, uh, you know, maybe I need to look more into this. Maybe this isn't just like a, you know, I can stop whenever I want to. Like I told myself all those times, um, So, but, and then, you know, as far as with that, you, you like, if you're not changing your environment or the people that you associated with when you were drinking, I feel like I would have been just bound to relapse because how, how can I like, you know, it it just, they didn't mesh. They didn't match each other, (laughs) like a bunch of drinkers, parties, you know, like doing crazy shit and sober me, like just don't mix. And, um, that was a hard thing to have to realize, but, um, I did try for a while to just, you know, go to parties and be the sober person there. But, um, you know, then I started feeling uncomfortable because people didn't like having a sober person when they're all getting fucked up. You know, it, it, it's something that makes them feel insecure. And then it made me feel insecure. Like, well, like I, I don't fit in anywhere. Um, so I definitely turned more to, uh, my friends that didn't drink after that. Um, what about you? Uh, I, 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 (laughs) did I have to change everything? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, it was slow for me. It's, it was a very slow process because I'm older, it's set in my ways. And, um, I think every, every little thing was a hard road to change. Um, so I think one of the things that we don't, and I think I even talk about it like on the next reading um, cause that's probably what my thought process was. Yeah. As thoughts of insanity change, right? Like one of the big things that like, I didn't understand was like to, to change my thoughts, you know, um, I needed to change my thoughts and, and that's, that's a, it's a huge deal <laughs> like you know, to be able to, because if I don't change, um, on the inside, like nothing on the outside changes, you know, because again, I mean, absolutely. And that's the other thing I also learned too, really quickly, is that, uh, like, I I can paint my room all I want. I can get a new house. I can buy a new car. I can get a new job. I can get a new wife and a girlfriend at the same time. I can do all these different <laughs> things. But as long, if I'm still the same person on the inside and I still think the same way, change is absolutely going to be impossible. Um, so yeah, that was like the. And don't get me wrong. It's not like I didn't try to do all these things. It's not like I didn't try to like do things different. One of the things that even my uh, current sponsor talks about, like his sponsor would tell him to do, is like, dude, like you need to take a different way home every day. Like, you know, you need to like, in order to like, you know, really understand 
change and and you know it's like and how um you know how just how different you need to be you know everything that you do needs to change um so you know I mean, it's so overwhelming to look back after like nine and a half years and think like, oh my gosh, like here's all the things that I do differently now that I just never did before. Let me just say, like, and it's so hard to describe, but when you have so much hate and anguish and turmoil in your heart and just the way that you exist, the what you exude, and to know that person versus who I am today, and I look at all of the stuff in between and all of like the hurt and change and the willingness, the humility, the, like the, the, the ability to adapt and try and grow and to, you know, to surrender to all of the stuff that we do. Like, I just like, I guess here's the things like, I'll go, damn, like no wonder we do it one day at a time. <laughs> because yeah, it's like, because if you had to think about like, like the real impact that you got to make or change, you know, to get to where, you know, just your basic human desire is like, cause you know that there's a spot in your human little heart that says like, I got to go from this person to being this person, whatever that is for you. Um, that's what I knew in my, for what my distance I felt was a lot greater because I was just coming from such a deficit. So, um, so here's the other thing is, um, yeah, it's, it's exhausting. And by the way, welcome to sobriety. If you're new, (laughs) (laughs) I do not envy the road that you're on right now. If you're feeling the same way. So don't, don't look at it at that distance, but really try to, that's why the mindfulness uh, uh, daily challenges there to remind you to try and stay into today because, but over the lifetime of your sobriety, as you continue to do it, things will change in such great degrees. And don't forget that, right? Like it will like literally like you and I like sitting here with nine years. It's like how crazy to think what the next nine years or 10 years is going to be like, like how cool is that? Right. To think, wow, like what we've done over like the last nine years in our sobriety. It's like it's cool to think that way. But it's like, what do they talk about? in A? It's like, you know, we can um, we can have our head in the clouds, but our feet must be firmly on the ground. And that's the attitude of what it takes to like maintain sobriety and stay adaptable in the change that happens. Face the challenges. Cry when you're losing your job, but be happy when your dogs come to lick your face. <laughs> you know, it's like that's the idea about it. So, um, I guess there's the the one thing I want to ask you. Like, so, um, uh, what do you think about other people in their ability to change? Because the one thing that, like, I've been dealing with lately is, you know, I've had some, you know, personal struggles with other people. And um, do you, I today give people more benefit than I used to because I know how I have changed. I know what, like how internally, like, again, when I look in the mirror, I don't see that heart, you know, that hurt heart on that angry young, you know, man that I used to be, you know, trapped in a 40 year old body. You know, <laughs> so I don't see, you know what I mean? Like, I don't see that angry person that I used to be. And so today, like, um, I try to give people more benefit of the doubt. I try to look more towards like them as like, like 
they're much like I was, like a very sick person. So I I give them the opportunity, uh, maybe almost to a my to a detriment, right? Because it's like I, I I let them get away with more stuff. I let them be more mean or rude or crude because I think that they're still gonna like I still have hope that they're gonna change. How um, do you? do that now more so than you used to like when it comes to people changing do you allow them rather than paint painting them into like the old you know picture that they that they used to be like now when you see them do you see them now as a, staying mindful and staying in the moment staying in today do you see them differently you know what i mean like do you have people in your life that maybe were really bad and now you kind of see them differently do you allow that to happen yeah yeah, I think um, it would be hypocritical for me to not see that. <laughs> you know, when there, when like I, I myself have changed so much, um, you know, and I, I, I take that to work, and I feel like that's kind of my superpower. Is like some people can't see beyond the behavior of other people. Um, and I feel like sometimes I can, I can see mm. that's not who they are. It's just the way they're behaving right now. Mm. Um, and I, I like to be cautiously optimistic, you know, um, you know, giving people the opportunity to prove me, prove to me that, you know, that they are changing. I'm not trying to change people anymore. You know, like that, that was the old me, the old me wanted to control people and I learned that you you absolutely can control people and you cannot change people mm-hmm. you know the only way people change is if they want to change themselves mm-hmm. and they have to do the work themselves um, but it is possible and so uh, you know I'll I'll allow people to um, to show show me who they want to be or who they are and, and, um, go from there, but cautiously because I'm not going to like, let you beat me down. I'm not going to let you take advantage of me. Like, no, I, I stick up for myself now. Yeah. I I think that's a good distinction to make, you know, I, I tend to have this, um, uh, I get, I get a little cynical sometimes. Right. You know, and, and, because you know when you get older chelsea in my age <laughs> you get older and you you get cynical you just do because you know what do they say like the you know the the greatest indicators of what somebody will do in the future is what they've done in the past more than likely they will repeat what you know the way that they but i do know for myself i did the same stuff i've repeated bad behaviors i've done all that same stuff but i've also been able to move and change and so but with great effort, by the way. And that's the thing is that not everybody sees the effort. Not everybody will see like that you've actually changed. That's the sad part about the recovery change process, which is to say like there are some people that I dearly love that I would dearly love to spend time with. But again, they see me as that same person. They will never see me as somebody who has taken the effort who has who has put in the work to do the to to have this change they will always see me as the person that they need to see me as and that's kind of like the real sad part about having the awareness of your own change to a certain degree because you're like 
oh yeah, like I you know, I I would love to spend time with this person, but when I'm with that person, they treat me as though I am who I was when I was 25 years old or you know what I mean like mm-hmm. when I was and and it's and again, that's when you're like, wow, I need to defend myself here because like so again, even though you've changed some people may not. And that's really where I think it's um it's it's beneficial for you to be checking in with others and, you know, having, again, sponsor, recovery group, people, go to meetings, whatever it is, uh, talking to somebody on a podcast about how to check in about like how, you know, are you really doing the right thing, not only by this other person, but by yourself. Right. So, uh, you know, and that's sometimes it's hard for me because it's like, I, I would want so much for a relationship to exist, but but it just can't because too much change has happened, you know, where it actually, yes, for my benefit, but also to a relationship's detriment. It's kind of how that goes. So yeah, yeah, there are, there are sad points to change, but ultimately would I change it? Ha <laughs> No, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a lot like, do you have any relationships like that that you've had to like change and let go because of that kind of scenario? Hmm trying to think I don't think I don't think like in the situation where like someone uh, is thinking of me as who I used to be Mm. other than the people who I used to party with right you know they they didn't like who I was turning into you know the the sober version of they didn't like your change yeah (laughs) they didn't Um, that, that's probably the closest I can relate it to, but, um, as far as people holding on to like who I was, you know, like the shit I did back in the day, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I really have, um, people that I associate with that would think like that, you know, Mm. think of me that way. I, it, it would be exhausting to have to try and prove that you're worthy and you're a different person over and over and over again. You know, when, when you're changing, you want people who are supportive, right? Mm -hmm. Or when you've changed, I mean, just period, you want people who are supportive of who you are currently or what you're, or what you're trying to achieve. And so you're not, it's not smart or wise or like to, Associate with people who are just going to drag you down yeah. and, and not be supportive. But I should just put that on loop for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. All right, Chelsea. So if, um, if you were going to give somebody, um, so let's just put that in context. So let's just say you've met, uh, uh, you know, a young uh, version of yourself. You know, twenty-six-year-old girl just getting into to recovery, and um, and she says, you know, you're telling her that you know she's got to change her places, playmates, and play things, those types of things, which I'm sure you've done in the past, right? You've you've worked at that center for a long time. Like, what's what's your best advice? Like, what is the way that you would tell somebody that without having them go, "Fuck, I don't want to get sober." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, the, I think what I would do is just ask them in your, 
in your uh, environment, in your life, what do you need to change for you to stay sober? Do you feel like you need to change the people you hang out with? Do you need to change your um, hobbies? Do you need to change where you're working? Because that can be a trigger for a lot of people. Uh, Do you need to, are there certain family members that you need to stay away from? Plain and simple. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I I would just kind of go through those types of things because I found when I like, ask people questions or, or make, make other people think about their own situation instead of me coming to a conclusion for them. When people come to their own conclusions, it's usually more of like an aha moment. So that's probably how I would phrase it is, you know, what do you need to change in your life to stay sober? And then of course, offer some helpful suggestions if, if they can't figure it out. What about you? What about you, Carl? How would you, how would you do it? I would say to anybody, um, who is, uh, for the, for let's say the, uh, the old, uh, the older gentleman dude in the room, (laughs) right. You know, uh, I, I, I would focus more on, um, the idea that usually, by the time you're my age, you don't have any friends. Like they're all gone. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're like, uh, uh, if you've been drinking, that's what I have to look forward to. Yeah. Carl. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, dude, when you get kids, man, they kind of, it, it gets real slim pickings, man. I'll tell you that. Uh, but the one thing that, um, to, is to know this much. It, you may not like the idea of it changing, uh, or having to change all these other things, but having come out on the other side of it after having done the work, I wouldn't change a thing about having changed everything because it literally is, uh, for me, like at the end of the day, it's the best thing that has ever happened to me, but also the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. So, um, that's why it's hard. That's why it's difficult. That's why people, you know, that's why people, you know, pay $2 and sit in a meeting and, you know, bitch about it for five minutes every time <laughs> because it is a difficult thing to do. It really is. So, um, but just know that like it is possible. That's the other thing is, and to keep trying in that it doesn't all have to happen right now. It doesn't all have to happen in the next week or two months or whatever you know you don't have to get the the job back right away you don't have to get the wife back the kids back you don't have to you know do all that stuff you know first in order to get sober you know you can get sober and then get all those other things that's how it does work uh and the fact that um it will take time time takes a lot of time change is like um you know uh in is a lot like how they say uh you know godspeed Right, like how fast is God's speed? You know, I don't. (laughs) I wish I knew what God's speed was, but but that's how change happens at God's speed, right? So that's the idea of it: is that it happens when it happens, but don't cut yourself off from the thought of it happening. Don't limit yourself. Don't try to control the amount of change and when it happens and how it happens. 
but just allow it to happen. That's probably the better spot. Don't forget to, yeah, you got to set yourself up for a little bit of it, but, but you can't control the amount and when and how, et cetera. It just does come. So, but you can't change if you continue to do the things that you've been doing, right? What do they say? You know, you keep doing what you're doing. You'll keep getting what you're getting. And so if you keep drinking, guess what? <laughs> keep getting what you get. But, you know, You'll you keep stop getting drunk. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you stop, you know, things will have to change. So, yeah. Very simple stuff sometimes. You know, simple ideas, very hard to remember. So, uh, so, so good luck with that. <laughs> I feel like with time, I've gotten a lot better with change, but there are some things that I like, I still struggle with because my husband brought up the other day. He's like, if I move one fucking thing in this house, you know, you it's lose been your moved. Mind. <laughs> and he's like, you lose it. You yeah, like, yeah. you're like, where did it go? I liked it where it was. And yeah, yeah. he's, he's so right. Like I do not like shit being moved around and yeah. I, and change is still hard, but like, I don't know, like my, my dog like ate up two like graduation cards yesterday. And I was just like, oh, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. able to let that go. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's certain things, but again, when we, when we, when we discover those things that are really like, you know, eating at us. You know, we can choose to work on those things or we can absorb back into our own behaviors. I think one of the things that I always like try to remember, and it's in the book a lot, um, is is that, you know, it's not what happens to us. It's how we respond. It's one of the things that I've learned. You know, it's our attachment, our judgment of those things. So, you know, it's like I can lose my shit over those graduation cards or like I can just choose not to. It's my judgment of how it impacted me. How did it really affect me? So, you know. I can make it a bad thing or I can make it a good thing, but ultimately yeah, there were cards there. There are no longer cards there. Ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, know, you know, if you really want to put it in perspective, that's how it works. All right. You know, well, so uh, don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses. What, what else do we say? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Call your congressman. <laughs> Call your mother. No. So uh, uh, what do you say? Uh, to the to the kind people out there, Chelsea. Deuces. And I say, stay active, stay sober. See ya. You're not gonna add the motherfucker on there. I'm waiting for you, <laughs> motherfucker. Soberpod.com. Three hundred and sixty-six fucking days sober. Yeah. It was a sight to see them. Yeah. Breakfast was Sprite and Seagrams. Wrestling with my vices, exercising my demons. My blessings were blocked, so I never got the message. I'm stressing, I'm only 12 steps from an exit. Regret it, because my imperfections were perfected. I ain't run from it, I accept it and rep it. It's a badge to me. Good stories come from a tragedy. And when you survive, the glory will come in Act 3. The wait's over. 366 fucking days sober. Morning affirmations that can start the day for you. Use my favorite book. Mark for a placeholder, finish when the day's over, okay? Okay, 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 Yeah, sober pod, keep it authentic, no facades. If it's real, then you know it's ours. Welcome.
Are you a rebel seeking transformation in your recovery journey? Then 366 fucking days sober is the book for you. 366 daily meditations. This book by the SoberPod Recovery Podcast host and professional rebel, Carl will help guide you towards a new way of thinking and living. Each daily meditation offers a fresh perspective, practical advice, and a healthy dose of Carl's irreverent humor to help you stay sober and embrace the challenges of life without drinking, drugging, or shitting your pants. Whether you're just starting your recovery journey or looking for a daily dose of encouragement and laughs, 366 fucking days sober is the book for you. So, if you're ready to transform your life and become the rebel you were meant to be, get your copy of 366 fucking days sober today. Available today on Amazon.com.